Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. Oh yeah, how are you on this fantastic day? I am feeling a little sunny, a little celebratory, a little all the fun sparkly things. Uh, Let's see, today I'm going to talk a little bit about tarot uh, because this is a tool that I've been using for some time now and only recently have been bringing it more into my everyday, more into publicly talking about it. And so folks might be questioning or asking questions, what is tarot? What is it for? Why do we do it? Is it really just like some weird fortune telling thing where we go behind drapes, <laughs> red curtains, and talk to a woman at a red tablecloth table while she draws some random cards with a crystal ball at the side? You know, <laughs> just wondering if that might be the stereotype of, you know, what tarot card readers are like. Um, Anyway, so I got my deck here. I figured we could start our episode. Hafez is going to go on uh, a little pause today. Uh, I, I'm going to shuffle some cards now and pull a card to start our episode so that I could help elucidate what kind of clarity the tarot can provide for us. Uh, so today I'm working with the Lightseer's Tarot or Tarot deck. It's so funny. Someone was asking me, do you pronounce it Tarot or Tarot? I don't know. (laughs) I've heard it said both times and I personally can't decide. So I switch back and forth between the two. (laughs) Um, anyway, so looking at my Tarot deck, I lay the cards out before me and then I just kind of go and glide my hand over the spread cards and see where I feel inclined to pause and pull a card out. So for today's episode, we are going to work with, ooh, number 17 of the major arcana, which is the star. And if you could see this card, you would admire how beautiful the artwork is. Uh, What I love about this deck is the artwork. And if you are interested in working with tarot on your own, choosing a deck really is a personal preference. Um, I I am a visual person and so I love the art, like I just look for the art, and um, and this one in particular speaks to me because the the people that are depicted in the cards 
are varied in terms of identity, um, both culturally, ethnically, all kinds of things. And the colors are just so pretty. Anyway, okay, so we have the star and the image is of a young woman sitting on the ground, looking up at the sky. Her dress is uh, shades of blue and lavender and she's looking up at the sky and she is holding a string and the string is attached to a, scar, uh, a star that is in the sky. The sky is purple, different shades of purple from lavender to a dark purple, lots of dots of light that are smaller stars, um, but she is holding the star as if it were a balloon or a kite. And the feeling I get from this is just one of, of promise, of possibility, um, of magic. And so I'll read a little bit about the star according to this guidebook. And this deck, uh, for those who are curious, is by Chris Ann. And this is what the guidebook says. So this card is about expectations fulfilled, wishes granted, opportunities, healing after traumatic events, knowing you are on the right path, inspiration, and renewed hope. Now, if the card comes upside down when you pull it out of the deck, it's called a reversed card. And usually it just means the opposite. Uh, so in this particular deck, since it's called the light seers, when it's reversed, we call it the shadow. And shadow is not a bad thing. It's just something that is hidden away from the light because we don't want to look at it because we are rejecting it. So when folks talk about doing shadow work, it's nothing scary or creepy. It's not about like, you know, the monsters hiding under your bed. It is about looking at the parts of you and yourself that you don't like, that you would rather keep tucked away in the darkness, um, the parts of you that you reject. And so shadow work is really looking at those parts and embracing them and not asking to change them but to just accept and love those parts of you as they are. And so that will bring you into wholeness. That is, that's what shadow work is. Um, and so for this card, if it were to come reversed, it would be seen as a loss of faith, diminished hope, disappointment, missed opportunities, and despair. So here's what uh, Chris Ann says. Sink into the dreamlike inspiration of the star. She sends a message of divine timing and renewed hope. And she guides you to reach for that string of serendipity and faith. Your future is increasingly bright and you are blessed by the universe. Your core purpose is beginning to bubble at the surface of your reality. And your path is intrinsically tied to your biggest mission, missions and brightest opportunities for expansion. Step into a path of fulfillment and happiness with starlight to guide you. Allow your innate essence to shine through any residual darkness right now. Uncover any limiting beliefs or self-doubt that you are holding on to. Find the courage to voice any unexpressed emotions and release every bit of outgrown energy that is anchoring you to the past. It is time to release and ascend. As you let go, you will focus on the future and you will find your biggest source of inspiration and love. The stars are aligning in your favor and it's time to trust them. And there's a quote, a mantra here, positive affirmation for this card is, I expect miracles. Mm-hmm. 
I love this card. I love how this card has come forward um, because I am thinking about how much pain we are all in, varying degrees of pain, but a lot of us are feeling, for example, the pain of the conflict that's happening in the Ukraine. Um, a lot of us are feeling the pain of the ongoing conflict in Palestine and any other war that is happening across the globe. But we're also experiencing our own pains at the personal level, at the local level, whether it is within the community, whether it's in the family, whether it's within ourselves. And so sometimes it's so easy for us to fall into that dark place, that heavy place of sitting in our pain and just sort of giving up, throwing our hands up and be like, okay, fine, you win. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of trying. I just, no matter what I do, nothing seems to work. And so we sit in our pain and nothing changes and the pain just gets perpetuated. And then you're just like, ah, <laughs> you know? Um, and so one, one thing I'd like to share as, as I am riffing off of this card, the star is, well, there's a few things actually, but the first thing that comes to mind that I want to share is the idea of the law of attraction. And if you know me and you've been following me, then this is not something that is new, but um, what I'd like to just mention is, or remind people about, is the law of attraction that what you focus on grows. So, you know, where your attention goes, energy flows. You know, those are the sayings that we often turn to. And what that means is if you are sitting in your pain and you're just thinking about how you don't want any more pain, you're just going to keep getting that situation of not wanting any more pain. I don't know if I'm explaining this very clearly. <laughs> so let's take, for example, don't think of a tree. What's the first thing you think of? A tree, right? It's because our subconscious minds don't register the negative statements, right? So the word don't doesn't even exist. So when we say don't think of a tree, you your subconscious only hears tree. Think of a tree. Oh, okay, I'll think of a tree. And so what happens, the thought process of that is like, I'll think of a tree and then unthink it. And then I will avoid thinking about it. But that's not how it works. You can't unthink something. You can change your thoughts, you can shift it, but you can't unthink it. So this is one of the reasons why when you want to change a habit, they say, instead of just saying, all right, I'm gonna kick this habit of smoking or drinking or whatever, I'm just gonna like cold turkey, just get rid of it, you know? Often it doesn't work because your, your subconscious is looking for something to replace that void, that habit. And you can't just willpower your way into that. So that's why you see people who are trying to quit smoking are chewing gum. That is something that their mouth needs to do. There's no cigarette for the mouth to engage with. So it's like, all right, I'm going to chew some gum, you know, but then, and then the body starts craving the nicotine. So then maybe that gum is nicotine gum. But then eventually you can kind of wean off of that, right? And th this is just like, sort of the, the basics of shifting habits. And, and that leads me to just thoughts in general. 
Okay. Follow me if you can. <laughs> when you would think when you think of the absence of something, you need to think of that something first before it can be absent. Right? So if you say something like, I don't want to feel pain anymore, or I don't want to be in this pain, or I don't want any suffering anymore, you are focusing on the suffering and how much you want it to be gone and how much you don't want it. But the focus is on the suffering. What if instead you flip that into something else like, I want to feel bliss. I am pain free. See how those statements feel when you say them. Your body is the best truth teller ever. Your body and its vibrations help guide you in the direction you need to go. So for example, if I were to say, I don't want to suffer anymore, whatever it is, I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want to feel my trauma response anymore. When I say that for me personally, I can feel my body sort of curl in on itself just a little bit, just a subtle hint of the shoulders rolling forward, the spine sort of curves forward. I feel my energy contract. Now, if I were to say, I want to feel bliss, my body instantly opens. My energy expands. It feels like, like a deep breath of fresh air in a meadow full of butterflies and wildflowers. And don't think about allergies. <laughs> there are no allergies in this, in this scenario, okay? Just bear with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. You can do it. And so I start to feel high vibration. It's like a tingling in my body. It's like chills, some people describe it. And it's the best feeling. And so if you want to shift out of your present moment, your now moment, because that's all we have, right? Tomorrow never comes. If you think about it, tomorrow never comes because when tomorrow on the calendar happens, it's today. And so tomorrow isn't really a thing that we can get to because then tomorrow is just another tomorrow after that, another tomorrow after that, if you follow. And so the now moment is what we have. It's all that we have. And so thinking about in this now moment, if you are feeling down, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling bristly, can you make a statement that shifts you out of that Can you say something like, I feel good today, even if it feels like a lie, right? What if you just said that? You you could tell your body, okay, body, I'm testing. I'm just testing out some statements. I want to test out this, this internal guidance system I have called the body. Okay. Okay, body, you ready? All right. You start by first calibrating your body by stating, stating your name. Okay, so I will say, my name is Leslie Ann. And then my, I'll, I'll just kind of feel into the energy response to that statement. Then I'll say something like, my name is Bob. <laughs> my body, my body's energy kind of like contracted just a little bit. It's like, no, no, your, your name's not Bob. Maybe in a previous life it might have been, but no, not today. Not here on this planet in this life. Okay, so then start testing out statements, right? And even if 
you don't feel great and you want to feel great, then just make the statement of how you want to feel. I feel fantastic. Make the statement because making that statement will then send a message to your subconscious, to your energy to say, oh, that's where we're at. Okay, we got to go up there. We got to go up to fantastic. Mm -hmm. The thing is, people can confuse truth with fact, right? You can tell a truth. It doesn't have to be factual, right? Truth is something that resonates within our bodies. Truth is being in integrity. It's being in full alignment with our energy, with who we are, who we're being. And so you can make a statement like, I am fantastic. Like the, the whole living room could be on fire, right? Of course, safety first, safety first. You could be outside watching this fire and say, I am fantastic. Not necessarily factual, because your living room is on fire, but your body will shift to meet that statement. I am fantastic. Your body's like, oh, we're, we're fantastic. Okay, let's, let's step into that. That is, ooh, that feels good. So in thinking about the law of attraction, what we focus on, where we bring our attention, where we direct our energy, that's the thing that's going to grow. That's the thing that's going to keep expanding in our lives. So if you have a dream, you know, let's say you want, you have a dream house you have in mind that you want, and it's by a body of water, like a river, and it's got a fireplace. It's like a log cabin in the woods. You're like, yes, I want that house. You know, I've got this dream of house. And then you're like, yeah, but you know, I don't have money. I don't have a real job. It's never going to happen. Well, yeah, it's never going to happen because that's where you're focusing on. If you focus on imagining yourself in that log cabin, living that life, you don't know. Tomorrow, someone might offer you a lucrative job. Tomorrow, someone might say to you, hey, you've got this surprising inheritance from a long lost uncle from your dad's side twice removed and for some reason he left you a bunch of money you don't know we only know what we know because of our limited vision and when i say limited vision i mean our literal vision is limited because we we cannot see what happens beyond the physical plane we can feel it though we can sense it but even then sometimes that's limited because our minds limit us to our knowledge, right? And so we don't know what we don't know is a phrase I like to say a lot. It's true. We don't know what we don't know. But we are aware that there is other knowledge outside of what we know. We are aware there are other things outside of what we know. And so we can choose to reach beyond what we know into the unknown and see what's out there. See what's out there, right? So thinking about how our vision is limited, we are being called to trust that things will unfold as 
there they need to they will unfold in ways that we don't expect in ways that we won't see but it will all be in the interest of our highest good and the highest good of all and when that means is that it doesn't always mean everything's coming up roses right the highest good for you could mean something really really painful you know for example I just went through a divorce and that was quite a journey, quite a journey, very difficult, challenged me in ways that I said to myself, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I really don't know. But my inner being, my inner self, my inner knowing knew that we would make it. It's just ego and physical body was like, no, we're not going to make it. But here's the thing, it worked out from, it's still working, you know, I'm still sort of evolving and, you know, continually morphing, trying to step into this new version of myself. And it's going to take time. It's going to take a process. But that journey from, you know, a few years ago till now was so hard, so challenging And I was like, really? This is for my highest good? Seriously? Like, it's going to be this painful? Yes. (laughs) I'm not going to beat around the bush. Yes. Sometimes our healing, our growth, our evolution hurts. You know, hurts like a mother. I mean, if you think about birth, right? And I'm not talking about the mom. I'm talking about the baby, the baby in the womb. Think about the baby in the womb, feeling those contractions of the uterus. And the baby's like, wait a minute, this is my home. What are you, what are you trying to do? Why are you squeezing me so tight? This is such a, ah. you know, think about that. That's not fun. Baby's like, you know, I was just chilling in this amniotic sac for a while. And now the walls are closing in on me, literally closing in on me. Why? Why? But the baby has no say in the matter, right? It's time to be born. <laughs> and that is some painful stuff to go through, to experience. So when when people say things like, you know, this is working out, you know, for my highest good, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, that it's going to be pretty, you know. I mean, yeah, there are going to be some pretty parts. There are going to be some ease and flow parts. Sure, that's part of the journey. But that's not the only part of the journey. I just want to make that clear. So when we are stepping into our, our, our lives to work towards our dreams, and you're like, yeah, you know, what's in my heart's desire is meant for me. And so I'm going to take these steps towards my dreams. And it's going to be great. It's going to be easy because this is the path of least resistance. That's what they talk about, the path of least resistance. But the path of least resistance doesn't always mean happy, <laughs> happy-go-lucky. You know, there are, there are moments where you're feeling compressed because those are invitations for you to expand. You know, I, um, in, my, in my creative writing classes, I give my students some writing prompts, you know, just to kind of get the words flowing, language flowing, ideas flowing. But every now and then I'll give them 
a poetic form to work with. You know, and poetic forms, they have all these rules. And a lot of young people are like, rules, they cramp my style. They don't, how can you be creative when you have all these rules? Like, come on. You mean I can't use the word heaven 500 times like I usually do? Nope. What do you mean I got to keep it to 14 lines? But I have so much to say. You know, so one of the one of the exercises I give them is to write a sonnet. And I, I give them all these rules. You know, you can only have the lines so long. You can only have 14 lines. It needs to look a certain way. It needs to move a certain way. And then they all bow and they're like, that sounds hard. That also feels very limiting to my creativity. And I was like, all right, well, go try it. See what happens. And then we'll talk next class. So next class comes and they all, you know, come with their poems and they're like, whew. Some people are like, whoa, that was easy. And others are like, whoa, that was really hard. But I wrote things that I never would have written without them. And there is the magic. There's the magic in our growing pains, we'll call them. When you feel constricted or limited or challenged, can you look at those as invitations to do something different as invitations to test just how powerful you are because we're all powerful beings. We just don't know the extent of that power. Sometimes we give it away and we don't even know it. You know when you complain? Giving your power away. When you play the victim? Giving your power away. So if we have all this power to give away, just imagine how much power we actually do have and how much we can use it but we don't know what we don't know. And so these walls of compression, these challenges and obstacles in our way, we can see them as growing opportunities. The default for a lot of people is you see an obstacle, you're like, all right, that's it. It wasn't meant for me. Or, oh, this is too hard. You know what? Forget it. Or, why is God doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? Well, maybe we can shift that response a little bit, but can we shift it to, well, if life is happening for me, for my benefit, for my learning, what lesson can I take from this? How can I grow from this? What opportunity for expansion lies here? And notice the shift in energy. Notice how you might be able to better take on the challenge or the thing that's holding you back when you shift your thinking just ever so slightly and then see what happens. See what happens. So I'm coming back to the star, the card number 17 of the major arcana, the star and how we've gotten this message that yes, your dreams are on your way. This is basically a card that says, keep going, just keep going. You might feel like you're running out of energy. You might feel like you've got no support. You're the only one running the ship, but can you keep going? Because this card is coming forward and saying, hey, keep going. There's some stuff on the other side of this that will make it worth your while. Trust me, trust me. And so we keep going. And so that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I love using tarot. 
because I will be in those places. I will be in that, that place of, I just want to give up. You know what? I've been trying this. I've been at it for X number of years, X number of months, whatever it is. And I just can't seem to get my groove. What do you think cards? Do I keep going? Now, here's the, here's, here's the, tr- the trick with, um, with tarot though. You don't ask yes or no questions. Tarot is not a fortune teller. It is not a decision maker. It is not um, a cheat sheet for what you should do. (laughs) It is more guidance. Think of the Tarot deck as a divination tool that you can use to tap into your inner knowing, your inner wisdom, your intuition. Because sometimes our egos sort of cloud everything up. All the messages from our culture, you know, social media and other people's limiting beliefs cloud us up. We don't know what's what anymore. And then we're like hemming and hawing, going between one thing, one option or the other, just back and forth, back and forth. You're like, ah, I can't decide. What do I do? So when you turn to the tarot, the question can be, how can I get clarity on this decision I'm trying to make? Or what kind of support do I need as I move towards understanding what this challenge is about or obstacle or problem or whatever it is? And what happens is when you pull a card, the card that comes forward is the message that you are meant to receive. It's the message you needed to hear. It's the message that you already had within you. That's the thing. That's what I love about Tarot is that it basically is me talking to myself. <laughs> you know, it's me talking to myself. Okay, all right, intuition, just tell me, like, show me a mirror and tell me what, you know, what I'm, show me what I'm not seeing. Because I know my answers are in there. I'm just a little slow today, <laughs> you know, And instead of struggling and wrestling, a lot of us do this, where we get stuck in our heads and we weigh the pros and cons. And then we're like, what about this scenario? That scenario. Or we're just like, I don't know what to do next. I'm sort of stuck. What? Wait, who am I? What? You know, those kinds of questions. Turn Turn to the tarot deck because then you're forced to look at something and be like, okay, does this resonate? This, this is, oh yeah, yeah, this is totally what I needed to hear. That's often what happens. The cards never lie. They never lie. But here's the thing. Ego likes to disrupt any time we want to connect with our inner knowing. Because ego is afraid of what our inner knowing knows. Ego is like, we got to protect ourselves. Because whatever inner knowing, inner knowing is also known as higher self. Whatever higher self knows can't necessarily keep us safe. So my ego's name is Jake. And Jake is a little Jack Russell Terrier. Likes to bark a lot. Likes to take over, take control of the wheel of the car that we're all riding in. And I've got a few characters in this car. Which I will, you know, well, one of them is Miss People Pleaser. She likes to uh, sit in the passenger seat and 
offer snacks to everybody. <laughs> Sometimes I got to put her in the back with Jake. Jake's place is in the back seat. But what Jake does is he sometimes barks over higher self's voice. Anytime she wants to say something that will guide us towards our truth, that will guide us down the path of our purpose of why we're here, Jake freaks out and starts barking. He's like, wait a minute, you want us to turn left? But there's a dirt road. That's not a paved road. We can't go that way. Are you crazy, lady? You know, bark, 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 bark. And sometimes I can't hear what higher self is saying. You know, and this is all happening for me during meditation. And sometimes I get frustrated where I'm like, oh, I got to find some bones to give to Jake so he can just chomp on them while I listen to what higher self is trying to tell me. And sometimes that doesn't work. So I turn to the tarot and I'm like, okay, tarot, you got me. Let us see what needs to come forward. And more often than not, the message that comes forward is exactly the thing that higher self was trying to tell me. So don't be afraid of the tarot. And I will, I will share a little side story. I mean, not even a story, just an anecdote, a little belief, limiting belief. Growing up Catholic, the tarot deck was seen as the devil's tool. Now, nobody said this explicitly, but I know just based on, I think, how my parents reacted, like their faces. Anytime we'd walk by a little stand at a, f- a fair or something, or those those little shops with tarot reader and neon lights in the window, they would say something like, oh, what a joke. Or they'd roll their eyes or be like, you know, that's playing with the devil or some, something like that. And so that's, that's an oft misunderstood idea of what tarot deck is. And so I want to just share with you that this is me now, now having seen the level of control of what is true and what is not true. What is to be believed and what is not to be believed. When I was a kid, you know, it's like, oh, tarot is the devil. And now I'm like, well, is it? Because really, every time I pull a card, it's exactly what I needed to hear. And it feels so true in my heart center. So I'm, I'm not thinking that that's the devil's work. You know, I think that there's fear in the unknown. That there's fear in what we can't control which is why, for the most part, the Catholic Church operates in this rigid kind of way because of fear, fear of losing control, fear of not understanding the unknown. I mean, they, they all talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit and Christ and following their, his example. And more often than not, they're not doing that. They're just talking the talk, but they don't know how to walk the walk. And what's funny is that when they talk about the Holy Spirit, they talk about the Holy Spirit is within you, right? I was like, yes, the Holy Spirit is within me. The Holy Spirit is your divine self. And how is that different from higher self? It's not HS, Holy Spirit, HS, higher self. (laughs) And I made that connection the other day because my mom was texting me and, and I was just telling her about some like challenge I was going through. And she goes, don't forget HS. You know, she's, she's a big Catholic woman. And she's like, don't forget HS, don't forget the Holy Spirit. And I was like, hmm, or I can see that as higher self. Same thing. (laughs) Oh, I love it. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, so tarot is a tool that you all can use. And I love it because when I give readings for people, I love seeing that glimmer of recognition, that that aha in their eyes, that, oh, yes, 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 I can't look away from this now. The I can't deny it, the I can't look away from it, I can't unsee it, unknow it. It's in my face now, I have to do something about it. <laughs> and that is, for me, that is the beauty of tarot. It's forcing you to face the things that you don't want to face. Because now it's in your face. I mean, yeah, you could choose to kind of look away from the card, from the message it brings. But the knowing is still going to be lingering in your mind. And then you will know that you were choosing to ignore it, to avoid it, or whatever it is. Oh, man. So tarot is magic. And sign up for a reading with me because I love doing this stuff. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, so yeah, that is my just brief crash course and an overview of tarot and its benefits and a little talk about the law of attraction, which is really about where are you focusing your attention? Really? You know, are you focusing on lack or are you focusing on abundance? And when you focus on something, it doesn't necessarily have to be factual. Like I said, you know, if you're feeling kind of crappy, you know, like PMS cramps and like everyone's just meh, 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 and it's the cancer moon, forget it. But you can say, I am fantastic. Your body will shift. And that is the miracle of energy. You can change your energy at any given point in time. And so when thinking about abundance, maybe your bank account doesn't feel abundant. The numbers in there don't look abundant. But if you yourself can feel energetically abundant, what does that feel like? What does it look like? If you can do that, things under the surface will start to shift in your favor because everything is working out in your favor. Everything. All right, my friends, I'm going to close the episode with a poem uh, from The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. I love this book, but you knew that already. All right, so I'm just going to flip through and see what poem comes forward. This is called Prayer Near a Farm by Black Mountain, North Carolina, 1136 p.m. early May. And this poem is by Matthew Alsman. Prayer Near a Farm by Black Mountain, North Carolina, 1136 p.m. early May. Our Father, who art in heaven and also the centipede grass and the creek and the engine that warbles roadside. Thank you for the black silhouette of mountains, deep black against the regular black of the night. Thank you for the field between me and them, even though I can't see it. And thanks for the ability to imagine, to imagine what can't be seen. I imagine you just as these lowing cows must have faith in the field as they glide across it, seeing nothing out here but the outlines of each other, my headlights, an obliterated barn in the distance. Hmm. I love those poems. Those poems where they just capture 
that one moment of awareness of the world around us, that one moment of appreciation that yes, you're here, you're living, and all this beauty is available to you at any time, any time. All right, my friends. I will close the practice as I always do. The episode, the practice, same thing. (laughs) The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, Grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.